You are pukes. You are the lowest form of life on earth. You are not even human fucking beings. You are nothing but unorganized, grabastic pieces of amphibian shit. Welcome to Optional SideQuest, another episode of I Can't Believe You Haven't Seen. Yes. Uh, We have joined today by Jesse. And Vicky. And we've just finished watching two straight hours of... Full Metal Jacket, Stanley Kubrick's. The Stanley Kubrick, well, one of them, I think he did 16 films. Yes, something like that. So, um, yeah, that happened. (laughs) That ha- like literally, we've just hit stop on it. So just just as the um, first uh, uh, verse of Rolling Stones' "Painted Black" has been playing on the credits, pressed stop and turn this on to start talking about. My first question is, why haven't you seen this before? The before seeing it, why I hadn't seen it. A couple of reasons. One, I'm not a big fan of Stanley Kubrick. Okay. I don't actually think he's done... He's done very subversive films. I don't actually think he's done any good films. Okay. So, but which ones from him have you seen? So, I've seen Clockwork Orange, 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, okay. I admit that wasn't my favourite from his either. And now, for Magic. What else? <laughs> Doctor Strangelove. How, Do- can, how can Sorry? You... Yes. Doctor Strangelove. But that was held entirely together by Peter Sellers. <laughs> Yes, he did do a brilliant job. Yeah, like if you ask if you ask what that film is, it's not a Stanley Kubrick film; it's a Peter Sellers film. Acting in the Stanley Kubrick. It's much like saying who directed Pink Panther. <laughs> and this film is much like Pink Panther that we just saw. No. Uh, so, in hindsight, you haven't seen it for how long? Um, probably about two, three years. Okay, so, so the only thing that stopped you from watching it was the fact that it was a Stanley. Kubrick uh, film. I also don't watch war films okay. in general. I don't tend to watch political films. Mm-hmm. Sorry, when I say I don't watch war films, I don't watch... I tend to not watch Vietnam films okay. and then tend to end up seeing them all. <laughs> um, Forrest Gump was sort of... Uh, I saw... I didn't yeah. see Platoon. Mm. I have seen Apocalypse Now. Yep. They all have a kind of general theme to them. Yes. Um, they never end well. Yep. So, don't normally watch war films. It's one of these films that you have to actively go and see. Like, it's not a film that you go, oh, lazy afternoon, <laughs> yeah. let's just turn on Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. <laughs> also, a lot of the douches in my school yep. in year 9 and 10 yep. watched Full Metal Jacket, had the Full Metal Jacket poster on the wall, yep. quote, could quote verbatim the yep. lines of... When I'm looking at it now, the film's antagonists. Yep. Are the ones the douchebags in my class liked? Yep. That put me off. <laughs> okay. So, I'm guessing you, by the grin on your face, it stood up for you. It did. It was one of the the films I saw it. Um, I think the last time I saw it was about yeah two three years ago, and then it what it didn't have my full attention. It was one of those films that, and I know this sounds weird. It was one of those films I had playing in the background. 
That's a weird one to put in the background. <laughs> I know. It was it was something that had half my attention. This is probably the third time I've seen it properly as yep. it had it held my attention and it still does. And I sit there watching it and each time I watch it, I don't know what it is about the film, but I like it even more. Okay, so it, what oh no, but draw on it, what do you think it is that attracts you to this film? I think the because you're not a war film. I'm person. not a war film person, and I'm not the sort of person who likes to see people getting killed. And by and large, I'm not a fan of wars. I'm not. You know, I'm not a in person. this film, for a war film, not many people die. No, that's true. I think it's about five, as far as I can count. Um, well, it's three at the end, two at the beginning. Yep. Oh, sorry. Well, no, they're named faced characters. characters. Yeah. So the the plus two. That we didn't know, so maybe ten yep. total people die on film. That that yeah, you actually had an idea who the character was. Which, when you compare it to a film, I like um, Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan, which I have only seen snippets of. Mm. Again, a lot more people die in that one. So I think no, it's so yeah. So as I was saying, is um, I'm not a pacifist, but I'm not a fan of wars either. So I don't actively seek these sorts of films out, but the the characterizations are fantastic. It has a wide variety of different characters. It's a war film, but not everyone is a sociopath going in. Not everyone is there because they want to to kill. There's a, there's, well, it's there's not a, a war film. It's an anti-war film. There's, there's a section on... They're all war... It's a film no, no, about but there, war. No, there are two different types. There is yeah, the... yeah, yeah. But it's... So they have the section where they have the interviews. Yes. And... With the with the different soldiers, it and it shows it shows throughout it, but it really encapsulates it well there that they're not they're they're not guys who back in the US were were listless and just wanted to shoot things and went across. So they're all they're all young men, much similar to what you have happening when um, the Iraq War broke out. Young men who believe in something, whether it's they believe the the version of events that they've been told in the media or whether they truly and positively believe the idea of freedom, whether it's, in this case, the American freedom or whether they they truly believe that they're doing something that is just and good and helping people. But they're not... And they're not caricatures in any way of the soldier ideal that we've got in a lot of films or in more recent films where they're either glorified in a way like American Sniper had, the Sniper mm. glorified yep. as this man can do no wrong, or that they are so they are so warped and monstrous that only a monster can go off and kill and do what they're doing. And this just shows that there's a broad range of personalities. And I think I really like that, that there are so many different characters. And what I like is the fact that it's, it's two films in, in one. You have the first half where it's the training, Yep. And you could very easily have made a film that just followed them through the training and have it end where it actually ends in the middle. Oh, yeah. And just just a heads up again, if you haven't listened to one of these podcasts before, we'll be spoiling the shit out of everything. <laughs> if you've had plenty of time to watch the, this film. The point of this podcast is, if you haven't seen these films, you really should have seen these films. Uh so it, it's it's also very well done, I think, the fact that it is two films in one, where you've got the naive young conscripts being trained up 
and they're being trained up by this hard-ass guy who's um leader who's very much of the idea that this is this is how you you have to break the men first and then rebuild them up and make them into marines and then they then they're ready to be sent off and the whole you're right the first I would say it's about three quarters of an hour that first portion of this film. Yeah. Um, with the drill sergeant, he help. He really holds that entire thing together. Oh, the first half is it is the drill sergeant. Like he, I don't think there's there's probably maybe ten lines of dialogue between anybody else. Yeah. Um, hilarious to see people you obviously recognise now. Yeah. yeah. In that film. And then the second part is. As as you see the the change happening in the um, in Joker, who has never been he's never been a pacifist, maybe an atheist, maybe someone who really doesn't want to be there, but he's going to not make the best of it, but he's going to do what he needs to. Well, I would ne- say I'd say he's the kind of person who makes the best of the situation he's in. Well, I think he's he's not subverting the situation necessarily, but he's trying to keep who he is even when they're trying to break them down and turn them into Marines. So he yep. still he still sticks by his beliefs and his morals as he Which, goes through. And that and that changes. And when, and when you compare it to Goma Pyle, who, of mm. course, goes quite mad. Yeah. And I, I, I had to say, I noticed the same lip curl in uh, Adam Baldwin's character yep. as Goma Pyle's character yep. at the end of the film when he was going quite nutty. Yeah. Well, I think I think it, it showed that you had ones that went quite nutty and then shot their drill sergeant and would commit suicide, or those who externalised that onto the enemy. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was the same, the same or very similar sort of personality. But I suppose that's why they say that the um, the the best generals are psychopaths. Yes. At the end of the day, because they just decide not to hurt those around them. They decide to do it onto the enemy, which is state-sanctioned as, no, it's okay for you to unleash your madness onto them. So I think, from my perspective, I can't say I enjoyed this film. Mm. I didn't dislike this film. I'm a... I can't say I'm even ambivalent. It's yeah. weird. It's... I respect the film for what it was. Yep. I don't think it was the best example of what it was. Okay, so... What, what do you think it was and what would be a better example? So, and just drawing it out, I think in my mind I've seen so many uh, piss takes, so many mm. um, taking scenes almost out of this yep. and laughing at them. Yep. And I've seen so many things now about how bad the Vietnam War is mm. that no part of me doesn't believe the Vietnam War was a bad thing. Yep. That... I think I struggle to relate to the characters. I think I struggle to look at it as anything but... I think because it was one of the first ones to do it, mm. I don't think it's the best example of class. For, for my personal belief, mm. the Vietnam is madness, Vietnam is um, insanity, is apocalypse now. Yep. Uh, which I saw... 10 plus years ago at yep. this point, 15 years ago, mm. probably before I should have seen it when I think about it in hindsight. <laughs> um, but that one really had that that feeling of 
descending into madness. This was... But you have that with other war films like Catch-22, for instance, which is set during the Second which World War. Which I couldn't get through. Yeah, I've had that... It's interesting. I don't seek out war films, but I can very easily watch through them, whereas you don't seem to want to be sitting down I and find watching them. I find them awkward. I find them... They're preaching a topic that I already find distasteful. Yeah. I'm already agreeing with the director of it. Mm. And so it's sort of one of those, uh, okay, this is, yeah. this is unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Stanley Kubrick's films, my biggest complaint with them is that two hour film should have been an hour and a half. What, I what, find what would you have? Half uh, every scene. <laughs> like, you do not need three verses of Mickey Mouse at the end. Yep. The, the singing of it, brilliant, oh fuck, they're all mad. This is the, the spookiness. And then they just kept going. And one of the complaints I have with Stanley Kubrick, not necessarily the film, yeah. is that he is a man who who doesn't know how to do short scenes. It's what a Stanley Kubrick film is, though. Yeah. So complaining about that is like complaining about a Wes Anderson film being a bit kooky. <laughs> like, it is the way he does films. That's why I don't actively engage with mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick films. Yep. Um... Long, long panning shots across scenes that you go, yeah, I've got that already. On the other hand, always chooses a fantastic soundtrack. Yeah, great soundtrack. <laughs> Absolutely great soundtrack. But it was the Vietnam War. Like, it was yeah. the soundtrack to end all soundtracks. Yeah. What did interest me during that is I play a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't play a huge amount. I'm interested in a huge amount of games. Yep. And the Vietnam War, as far as I can tell, is only featured in one. Okay, which one was that one? Uh, Battlefield Vietnam. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's never really been popular afterwards. And I think it's an awkward war. And I th- I'm bringing it back to this in that I think that the whole of the Vietnam War was an awkward war. Mm-hmm. It was not one that... It was one that anti-war people love because it's an anti-war war. Yeah. Um, America's never won a war post-Vietnam. Mm. Uh, I think it's part of their national shame. Yep. And so because of that, you watch it sort of cringing? Well, I also watch it from a perspective that no one does a Vietnam site. Yep. So I've never seen or never even heard of a film shot from the Vietnamese perspective. Mm. And I'm very... Because I've seen films shot from the German perspective, I've seen films shot from the Japanese perspective, the Iraqi perspective. Like, you, you do not get... And in this film, it's very interesting... The Vietnamese are not there for any purpose in this film. No, the Vietnamese are definitely... The Vietnamese seem to be missing from a film about the Vietnam War. Yes. And I think that's partly because the focus of the Vietnam War for Kubrick and for a lot of other people wasn't the Vietnamese, it was the Americans. Well, actually, saying this out right loud, the Vietnam War was a, it was a lot like the World War II happening in The Sound of Music. It was coincidental that it happened to be the Vietnam War in the background of Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. What's interesting also about Full Metal Jacket is it was shot in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So the war is well and truly over. It, but it's not the first... Apocalypse Now would have come before Before it, yeah. Yeah, so it's not the first... No, it isn't. ...war film about it. So it's... To me, it's... I don't know, something I found didn't sit well about it. But what you were saying when we were watching it was what you 
not enjoyed but appreciated was that it wasn't CG. Oh, gorgeous. Absolutely. I, I, I love older films for that reason. Mm. It's the reason I loved Alien. It's the reason I love Shawshank is that it, when they blew up a building, they blew up a building. When they yes. drove three tanks in, it was three tanks. When you yep. had a platoon of guys, it was a platoon of guys. Yep. Um, now the tanks have all been CG because it's too ridiculously expensive to get a real tank. You wouldn't have set fire to a building. God, would... no. God, yeah. no. Um, hell, the blood wouldn't have been blood. Yep. It would have been CG blood. It would have yep. been... Um, the mechanics of it would be a lot more correct. Yeah. As opposed and to... From a, from a cinematography point of view, he did a... A great job. There were no big set pieces yep. per se. It was a a individual story. As I said, it sits weirdly with me. This film. Mm. It was a it was a good film. I, I recommend that people see this film mm. if you happen to be looking for a film. Yeah. I wouldn't say go out right now on this weekend and rent it. I don't think my life would have been worse off dramatically. Mm. Like Shawshank, I admit that my I, I missed out seeing that film. Okay, yep. This one, I'm like, meh, seen it. Okay. That's interesting, because it, it's it's one of those ones that I usually sit there and wonder how someone could not have seen it. And I think it's because, as I've, I've, as I said, I've watched this three times now, and each time I, I sit there, and it's unlike a lot of other films where I remember what happens. So there's a lot of, uh, this time as well, when I'm rewatching, I go, I don't remember that happening. I don't recall that happening. Oh, that's a funny line. Or oh, that's an interesting... Yeah. Or, or that character. Or, oh, that that's... And it's one of those films that I remembered the same thing happening the second time I saw it as well. It's just somehow the, the end... Certain points of it, so the, um, the... The killing of the drill sergeant, or the way the drill sergeant well, behaves that, I'd have that spoiled for me. So that yeah. that all the way through it, I was no, but I'm not. I'm not talking about those sorts of things. Yeah. So there's particular scenes that stand out and make me go that that was done brilliantly well, and I want to go back to it and see it again. I, it's not one of those films that I want to see on a year in year out yeah. basis, but it's definitely one that I go back to. And chances are, in three years' time, I'll go back to it, watch it, and go, oh, I completely missed that or I forgot that part. And certain scenes will stay with me, and the rest of it. The rest of the film is connecting those scenes together for me to sort of fill out the story because I can't remember the story. I can't remember the narrative behind it because there is no... It, it's, well, there's no there's no acts. Yeah. There's no... The first, Actually, the three-act film is the drill sergeant bit. Mm-hmm. That's where you have the building of the character, the conflict, and the resolution. Solution. And then you just go into what fe- what feels just like an extended anti-war, and I am anti-war. Like I am, mm. I am fully anti-war. Mm. Uh, it goes into what feels like an extended scene of just a Vietnam montage. Of bad things happening in Vietnam, which underpin your belief that war is bad. Yeah, it's also, and I think. Stanley Kubrick, I don't think, does anything by mistake. So I think mm. he's a very intellectual director. Mm. I just don't enjoy his stuff. Mm. But I think a lot of it was almost the pointlessness of the last half of that film yeah. was the pointlessness was of awesome. Vietnam. Yeah. So the fact that they didn't have a goal, they weren't trying to take a hill, 
They weren't trying to mm. save somebody like Saving Private Ryan. Mm. They weren't trying to assassinate someone like Apocalypse Now. Mm. It was... They are just existing day to day for no reason other than that they happen to be there yep. was the last half of this film, which felt it. And I think that was part of my problem with it, is that yep. last half of the film I got through going, and? Good. Mm. Now what? Can I can I either see the resolution of these characters, mm. or was that... If it had been someone else but Stanley Kubrick, do you think it would have gotten the kudos? Yeah, I think so. I think it would have. It was... It, it's a... It's a very interesting take. The, uh, it's a very different way of making a film as well. And I don't think that... I think nowadays we look for... And a lot of our films are very formulaic in a way. Not just in the narrative, yeah, not just in the characters. Structure. But as, as we tell a story. And this is very different to that. And even Kubrick's um, Doctor Strangelove, it has a resolution. It's not a good resolution. But, but, no, it, but it does distinct... But that one is more traditional. It, it is more traditional, but... Whereas now, in I can't remember the last film I saw made in the last couple of years where the resolution has not been good, where it's it's actually it, it's it's turned out like oh I can which one um oh god I've gone blank on it it is it stars that Mexican actor oh, sorry South American actor who was in it was the South American actor who was the villain in the new Bond film. Ah, oh, Javier Bardem. What film did he get launched into the American audience? No idea. No Country for Old Men. Oh, okay, yep. Thank you. That's a clue. <laughs> that, that's exciting radio. That is right there. Um, I assume that's getting cut, so... No, no, it's not. It's, it's funny. Um, no Country for Old Men. So, that does not end well. Mm-hmm. That ends badly. And there are a number that end... Far less. People want their heroes yeah. to be heroes. People it's, want it, even, Captain America. Even something like, and this came out recently, and if you haven't seen the film Prisoners, just cover your ears now. Yeah. No, pause this. Go and fucking <laughs> see Prisoners, and then come back. And then come back. That's one of those films. Actually, don't... How can, don't, how can you have not have see, seen I can that see, film? I can see people not have seen it, because it doesn't look like a good film in the trailers. Don't spoil the ending. Just to let you know... You leave the fi- the end of the film is a groan, and you you want another a, it, ten minutes. of It's film. a groan in a good way. It's not a groan in a. Oh, I can't believe I just watched. But that. that that ended with a. But that ended positively, and what I wanted was for it not to end positively. The only part where I've gone where I felt a little bit let down, not a lot let down by that film. That film was just fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, but a little bit let let down was that there was a moment of it might end well. And there's if it would have ended perhaps a five seconds earlier than when the film does end, it could have kept me and going, okay, it's not gonna end yeah. well. But then five seconds later and you go, I know it, it's gonna end. It's going to resolve itself in a good way. But that was one of those films. The, and I think with Kubrick and with earlier films was the fact that people were willing to take the risk and not either have it end the way it did here where it's they just continue existing and you don't know what happens to them or it ends badly. and I, Or it ends in a way that people don't come out of it as a hero. 
if, if even if you look at some of the other war films, like you don't Catch Twenty Two, for you instance, you don't think Joker comes out of that as not a hero, but a a man caught up in a like he he doesn't come out of it as a villain. I no, don't no, feel no, he's de- depreciated down to the point of I, none of them come out as villains though. Uh, Adam Baldwin definitely does. No, you don't reckon? No, he comes out as a a victim as a a soldier. That that's yeah. what you expect your soldiers to be. That these that those um, men are uh, all the soldiers that people associate with um, Vietnam vets were those guys. Yeah. I actually saying all this back and we we must wrap up in a sec, but the every actor I saw as the character. Yeah. There was no point that I went, Hey, the guy from Law and Order, SVU. <laughs> hey, isn't that funny? He's playing a Marine. Yeah. Oh, look, it's the guy from Firefly. Yeah. Oh, look, he's playing a Marine. Yeah. You you definitely... The, the caricatures were believable. Caricatures or the characters? Characters, sorry. Yeah. The characters were believable. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. Something about that film... It might be that I... It could be just... That's how that film sits with you, though. That, that it's, it is a film that is... Because it, the film itself is troubled in that it doesn't have... A traditional narrative arc. It doesn't have a, a character development. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have traditional acts. It's just a film that leaves you. Just... See, a film that I felt this way similar was Inglorious Bastards. Okay. In the same way that I felt that. Well, that one I felt more distasteful. Yeah. And I felt that again, it was that that one was three films that. The guy wanted to make three separate films, so he decided to make them all simultaneously <laughs> and then drop them on the floor, scuffle them up, and put them back together. Um, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Well, Pulp Fiction, no, that was one. Pulp Fiction's awesome. That was one running narrative across a whole yeah. bunch of streams. So, but I think, I don't I don't like Stanley Kubrick films. Okay. I just find them slow. So, this was one of those films, to sum up, meh. You if you haven't, you, so from my perspective, if you haven't seen it already, don't worry about don't it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Go and see Apocalypse Now. Um, I consider it a better film. Yep. I consider it a more meaningful film. Yep. Um, I thought this one... This was an anti-war film telling me a sentiment I already believed in. Okay. Interesting. Well, I'm I'm very glad that at least I got a chance yep. to... I was, I was thinking I couldn't think who you would cast in it these days. And I think the point is no one in that film was cast... No one in that film was cast because they were known. Yep. So I don't think... We normally ask the question of what, who would you recast yep. if they did a remake. Jesus, I don't think they'd make a remake of this. <laughs> but, um, well, they, they, what is... Actually, what is very interesting about this film and what we're not seeing recently is anti-war films. Yep. We are seeing, basically, Clint Eastwood making pro-war films. We saw um, Last Man Standing or whatever it was called... Mm-hmm. Uh, not last man saying that was something else, but it was like the last man or the last. Oh yeah, 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 whatever it was Mark called. Mark, Marky Mark, yep. not getting shot. Yep. Um, we saw this, or we didn't see it, but the American Sniper film, mm-hmm. which was not glorifying, but respect the soldiers, respect the soldiers. Yeah. We're not seeing this kind of subversive, and it was probably very subversive at the time. Nineteen eighties, late eighties, we would have just been going into Iraq. Mm. 
it would have been very interesting at the time. Oh, that was nineties, that wasn't. It? So we're not, yeah. we weren't really in a war in the yeah. late eighties, Cold War. Yeah, well, it was, it was, it was definitely still the Cold War period, and the Cold War being about communism and the Vietnam War being the kickoff of it. about yeah about communism. So, um, well, no, that was the Korean War was the kickoff of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, but it was. You're right. It, it it was it was an anti-war film, but at that time they were all anti-war films. Yes. Whereas now they seem to be a lot more. I don't know whether it's because people are going. It's not the soldiers that we have to be. It, the problem isn't the soldiers. Yeah. Be respectful of the soldiers. The problem is the war. Itself. But is that because we are now too afraid? If we blame the war, we upset the soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we've tried to close off twice. Out of, I think it was a good film. I think if you've seen it, you've seen it. If you haven't and you're looking for a anti-war film, or you've got... Actually, if you've got a younger person who's thinking about joining in the army, show them this film. Um, yeah. I think Vicky likes it and is going to watch yeah. it every three years yeah. or so. Every every couple of years. I come back to it. I don't know what it is, but I do come back to this film and I do enjoy it. So I'm glad, I'm glad I got to see it again, though. Brilliant. That's been Optional Side Quest. I can't believe you haven't seen Full Metal, Full Metal Jacket. Jacket. Thanks, Thank guys. You.